Hello, 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 and welcome to Let's Build an Airplane. My name is Max Van Arsdahl. And my name is Eric Goodwin. And on this episode, we'll bring on guest Megan Warbler. Megan is a senior at UNL studying interior design. She's one of the most involved people we've ever talked to. She's a campus representative for Adidas. She's a photographer. And she's a very creative individual, just to name a few. Megan strives to keep a positive attitude and put a lot of effort towards every single aspect of her life. She's a very inspiring woman and has the confidence to throw herself into any situation. On this episode, we hit on topics such as creativity, fear, and life in the modern age. Let's jump into the conversation. Today we have on Megan Morblow. Megan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. You know, the weather's inspiring me today. It's beautiful outside, so I feel good. Great weather. Probably hit 75 today in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. You got to have those after that long winter. Yeah, it was was brutal. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to start this off with our basic first question. Megan, what are you passionate about? All right, well, I'm passionate about a lot. Um, First thing that comes to my mind is people. Um, I really enjoy how people can take such little things and make it big and just remembering the little things in life and making that explode is like the coolest thing ever. So I think the first thing is people. Like people inspire me, the people that are around me, but then also the people that are most different from me. I think it's really cool to meet and grow through because someone told me too, like the you should surround yourself with people that are very different from you because it's humbling. And then it's also something that you can learn from and respect other people from and just like have a better perspective on life in general. So I'd say that's definitely like the first. All right, all right. <laughs> definitely it's people. And then I would say creativity. I love I love everything about creative things, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's architecture. Um, I love how creative things can make people feel an emotion and how you can really take that and run with it. Um, I grew up very creative and my aunt, or not my grandma, um, was an artist. And so seeing her kind of start that trend and then seeing my dad of how he really got into all these different areas of life. Like he was a mechanic and he was a pilot and he was a health, like he promoted this health company and just how he dipped in so many different areas of life. like is so inspiring to me. So having that and seeing his creativity, I'm just like, yeah, like that's what I want to do with my life. I want to create something out of the blue and I love thinking about things like in an innovative way. So I feel like going off like all of that is just like super inspiring to me. And just seeing the world in new light in general is just like super motivating. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like passion is something that Everybody can be passionate about one thing, but for me, I'm passionate about so many little things in life. And I don't think I have necessarily one niche that I'm dedicating my whole time to. Like I love spreading myself across all these different avenues and learning myself in all those different ways. Like for example, I um, was in ASUN last year and that was something maybe out of my comfort zone, but I learned so much in that time and that's not something as like creative but it's something that pushes you to think differently and so like that is something that throughout my whole life I've always wanted to question myself to be like okay why do you like this and like how can you how can you do this better or how can you treat people differently because of this like in a better way you know yeah so I think it's just like a mixture of all those things (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, that answered your question. You seem like yeah. a very passionate person. I mean, yeah. That's good. I mean, that's that's a goal. Like I, you always think about, especially like coming to an end of college. It's like, what legacy do you want to leave? And mm-hmm. I think it's humbling because. I've seen so many people that have left and done amazing things, but it's like the people that are still the number one in their heart and like their foundation is what's super important. So I think just having that is inspiring as well. But I like to think I'm a passionate person. I think it yeah. keeps me like I'm just kind like of I'm just kind of all over the place usually. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what makes me me, and like it makes myself stand out from others because people are like you're doing everything like I've, had, I've heard that so many times they're like you li- you literally do everything and I'm like yeah <laughs> I kind of do <laughs> it's a good problem to have but I'm definitely working on trying to sp- like specify that even more to really find my time that I dedicate towards people and being more intentional with it but that's like all of college like you have that to figure out and then you move on to your next step and you're like okay <laughs> now what do I do with my life <laughs> but, I feel that it's good. It's really good. Have you, uh, something that you were talking about was, you know, leaving a legacy. Have mm-hmm. you thought about the legacy that you've been trying to leave? I know that you're, you know, starting to get to the end of your college career. Have you thought about really? what you want to have people remember you by? I mean, anything like that? It's <sighs> such a weighted question. Like, I think that people tend to think about what they want others to think of them, but I really think it, for a legacy, it should be how you thought of yourself. That's a good way to put it. Um, And that's really hard to do because people are very concerned with what other people think. But I even posted this quote the other day and it was, um, I'd have to look it up for the exact wording, but it was like, it's funny how we're all trying to be normal. Yet if we were to be different, it would be such a cool world to live in. Like people are often putting themselves in boxes and they're like, I want to be remembered by as a great athlete. But it's like, there's so many other avenues of your life that could be also represented so I think it's just knowing that you're leaving who you want to be and like how you can progress even further so I think it's not as like for me recently it's not the legacy isn't like what I want other people to think of but I'm like how do I want to feel when I graduate in a couple like in a month mm-hmm. like how do I want to feel and then like how can I get there you know mm-hmm. and Luckily, I've had that now versus, like, when I'm 30, you know? Because yeah, that's, that's usually, or, like, when yeah. you're 85 years old, yeah. when you're on your deathbed, that people are like, what legacy do you want to leave? <laughs> Rather just a little college. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, late. you got to think about it a little bit earlier yeah. than that. Yeah. Get on it earlier. Make yes. some more legacies. Yes. I think so, that's so you cool. talk about all these things you're doing in creativity, and you mentioned to us a little bit earlier mm-hmm. that your major is interior design. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how that kind of all ties together into your major, or maybe sure. what your what's your next journey, you know, after college? Oh, that's a dot, dot, dot kind of question. Um, <laughs> but... I will say that interior design and just being in the College of Architecture, what I'm taking from it is mostly my work ethic. Like, I've never been pushed or critiqued as hard as I have in that college, like, ever in my life. Um, So I think that is something that I take. Also, just being creative in my strategy of how I think about things. And I think that's really where my future is leading. I really don't see myself as a traditional, in a traditional role, but more something that's pushing boundaries or that is with a company that is really allowing people to be raw and creative with their work. Um, one company that I interned with last summer was Arch Rival. 
in the creative agency in the Haymarket, and I was just a creative intern. So I did some designing for their Portland office, but then I sat on some brainstorms and I helped create um, some like, uh, what do you call them? It's basically like a deck full of ideas for the Louisville's tunnel redesign. Just They just throw me on a bunch of different things yeah. and that's something that I love. Like I don't want my day to day to be something that's so regulated. Like I want and it to be, yeah, predictable. That terrifies me. Like yeah, I feel my that. worst fear is to be in a mundane lifestyle. Like I want something that's new and fresh and different as much as I can get it. Yeah. And I think that's just my creative spirit within mm-hmm. that. Um, but I love how I can see a lot of my major of interiors to be helping cradle that and start that. Um, and just being able to have skills such as like presenting and like how to sell a project and Mm -hmm. how to work within a team and how to think of something differently. Like it's so easy nowadays to go on Google or Pinterest or like all these creative sites and just to look it up and be like, oh, like, that's really cool. Let me just, like, replicate that. But it's so hard nowadays to sit down with a pen and paper and for people just to, like, create something out of the blue. Like, people don't know how to do that anymore. Really? So that's something that I really want to push myself forever to do is, especially with the Internet, of how absorbing that is towards people. Like, mm-hmm. being able to step out of that and be like, okay, like, what's something that really means? What's something in this design that's really showing or what's telling about it and how can we create a story out of it and how can we make that impact people versus just saying okay we're just going to create this and that's going to be it you know so I think it's more of my major has led me a lot to how I think more than a direct path with my career um which is scary (laughs) in some ways because people are like what are you doing and I'm like I can see myself doing a thousand different jobs but I think it's Nowadays, it's so much, it's a lot better to have the skill set of being able to work with people and being able to have a good conversation than it is to have a 4.0 GPA. Like, that's that culture has completely shifted. Yeah. I think that's great. I think there's importance in having that foundation of like a good GPA because that shows good work ethic. But I think it's more important to how you present yourself, how you go about life, how you go about every day, how you treat people. Like I see more and more of that of people crossing other people to get to the top. And that's just really sad to see that. Yeah. Um, But to stay humble in that, I think is really important. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, So you talked a little bit about your creativity and that inspires you to create stuff. So Mm -hmm. what, what inspires you to create art? Like what makes you want to create something new? What, what inspires that passion? Oof. It kind of depends on the day, you know? Like today, it was so beautiful outside. So nature was really inspiring me. And I wanted to go outside and just really breathe in what was around me. And I think it's putting it into perspective of what's around you at the time and being really present is what usually makes me feel most creative. Like if it's a a rainy May day, I love being able to just sit down and be like, okay, like what, what am I feeling right now? And how can I express that into a physical form or how can I make that tangible? Um, that's super fascinating to me, but I think it really depends on the situation for how 
you can feel most creative and what's around you at the time. Like you're going to feel really differently creative in New York city than you are in like Nebraska, Definitely. which is fine, but it's just being able to capitalize on that instead of just taking that, taking that for advantage, taking okay. advantage of that. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think two people really inspire me like, um, Gage for instance, and him starting mm-hmm. his company and just taking bold moves in general are super, um, motivating and they really put you into perspective to be like, okay, what am I doing? Like, how can I be bold in something? And I think fear is a lot of the times hindering that and yeah. failing even in general. But I think the most successful people and the people that I feel like I see that I look up to are the people that just take that failure and run with it. And they keep trying and trying and trying again. And I personally like want to be better at that, you know, like I'm not perfect mm-hmm. at that and being able to fail like in the worst way, but being able to pick it up the next morning, I think is like speaks volumes for that person, but then also how you can be creative and how you can do life in general. Definitely. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it kind of ties back into what you said earlier about how, like, oh, like, everybody tries to act normal, but if they mm-hmm. would act different, it's such a better place. And like you were yeah. saying, the most impactful people in your life are the people that are acting different. Yeah, totally. You know, doing different things. That's yeah. just super cool. Yeah, and being just bold with it and being ruthless with how you do things, I think, is what everybody could take a lesson from. I think people try to hide themselves too much. Yeah. And one compliment that I get a lot, which is super cool to hear is that they just see that I'm confident and for me I'm like okay that's great but sometimes you obviously don't feel the most confident in situations so it's like how can I like prove that to myself that I can be confident in all situations and be Mm -hmm. bold with how I talk and how I act and how I represent myself or what I'm doing what art I'm creating you know Mm -hmm. um I think that is so so key I think that confidence, though, is a little bit of a lie. Like, nobody's oh, really yeah. that totally. confident. Like, we're all totally. scared the entire time. Yep. Everybody's yep. swinging it. Yeah, yeah. no. Ever 100% totally. confident in what they do. And yeah. even, like, you hear that from adults all the time. They're, like, 45, and they're like, yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. And adulting is all just putting on an act of, mm-hmm. I think I know what I'm doing, so I'm going to pretend that I do, you know? And people say that about, like, parenting, too. Like, when you have a kid, people are like, I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. I'm going to pretend that I do. Yeah, and go with it. And people are like, wow, you're so confident. Yeah. And you're like, you just have to like take that risk of not knowing, which mm-hmm. I think is very unsettling for a lot of people, including myself. I don't really like gray area, but I'm trying to learn how to embrace that more because that's a lot of life. Like it's all gray right now is my future, you know? Yeah. Only so- certain things are certain, like my family and my friends, you know, but everything else is kind of a wash which is yeah, crazy I mean, to think about it seems like the gray areas in life are where you're the most challenged and probably where you mm-hmm. grow the most even trying to get totally. to those gray areas totally yeah. and just having faith that everything's gonna work out mm-hmm. and that like God has you in the palm of his hands and just gonna he's gonna take you for miles and just run with you kind of thing I think that's just a yeah. comforting thought in that way but I think what it inspires me the most, I actually heard this quote, it was from like Jim Carrey or something, but he was talking about how his, his dad got fired from his job. And he's like, well, that's when I learned like you can fail at something you're not good at. So 
might as well fail at something you love. Yeah. You know, because totally. you can fail no matter what. So might as well fail at something towards the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what it's all about. It's just positive failing. Yeah. Going the right way. No, being able to have that mindset is tough. And so mm-hmm. being able to come out that with confidence in some form of way true. is like really what everybody should try to be aiming for especially in college like college is a time where you're so influenced and manipulated by what's around you what society's telling you that being able to say like i don't believe that or i don't want to do that or i do want to do that um is so telling for a lot of things and just going forward like you see the people in college like they can pick out to be like i hope that they i hope that they get that someday you know and then you have some people that are miles ahead of that and they're already 30 in a 20 year old's body, you know? Definitely. And I like being able to have that and that challenge of being in this constant growth and movement, but it's hard, it's not easy. How do you constantly remind yourself to stay in that, you know, just like constantly making yourself grow rather than taking the easy route? I think it's just in my DNA. I, (laughs) I constantly think about how I can be better or I always ask my roommates what are my weaknesses like tell me what my really? tell, tell me what I'm weak on because I and we'll, we'll sit around in a circle literally sometimes and we'll go around and be like okay like what do you, what's the best quality of me that you see and then we'll go around okay now what's something I really need to work on what's a weakness of mine then mm-hmm. we'll simmer on that and I think that's so fun like those are my some of my f- best nights is just because I'm challenged and I see perspective from other people and I'm like okay like I I need to work on this and I maybe didn't see that before and so I think the people around me probably are the most um pushing and consistent with trying to make me think about things which I'm fortunate because not a lot of people have that but I've just over my four years of college I've been able to find those people so that's really really awesome I'm really thankful for that but I think for everybody else it's just a matter of figuring out what humbles you and how you can get back to that spot where you're like okay like what do I need to work on or how can I get through this phase and this everybody has a dry season so like how, how can you get through that and what picks you up and sometimes you just have to fake it you know sometimes I heard something one time where they're like even if you feel at your worst if you smile like your brain is naturally naturally like trigger something that okay maybe i'm happy like you can like, like actually yeah. releases endorphins. yeah like yes, yeah totally yeah, like you can fool it. yourself mm-hmm. which is like crazy to think about but sometimes you literally have to fool your own brain yeah <laughs> you no know, so me mind. and eric were literally just having this conversation right before you showed up tonight, <laughs> that yeah. happiness is a choice every day you can wake up mm-hmm. and choose whether what you want to feel mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's completely true. It's like, totally. how do you want to look at it? This is heaven or hell. You mm-hmm. get to choose. Yeah. Make your, make no matter your situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny that you said my dad's, um, fate, like his, what will probably go on his gravestone mm-hmm. is choose happiness. He constantly told us that growing up. Wow. It's all a choice. Wow. He always was like, good, <laughs> good choices, smart decisions. And then he'd be like, choose happiness. It's, it's all a choice. It's the effort and the attitude you put into it. It's, that's as simple as that. Like, if you're trying to figure out life in a simple way. It's effort and attitude. Effort, attitude, and, like, choose happiness. choose happiness. How do you think that impacted you? I mean, throughout your life, if that was you, that was you um, getting told that when you were young, you know? I mean. 
I think I didn't get it at first. Like, yeah. growing up, I was just like, well, obviously. Like, yeah. I'm gonna, gonna be happy. Yeah, it seems like the easy choice, you know, <laughs> yeah, you want to like, make. I, I get that, yeah. But then, like, growing up and, like, being faced with real-world challenges, you're yeah. like, I have the choice in this situation to either be super bitter, bitter or hold a grudge or even just to be really content with things. Yeah. But then to be able to be like, I'm going to choose happiness. Or, like, these last three weeks even – that popped into my head because I'm like, okay, I have a huge deadline that I have to make and I'm either gonna wake up and just do the work and go complain at studio of how terrible this is, or I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna be like, this is a great day, I'm gonna like hammer out as much stuff as I can get done, you know? Mm -hmm. And just choosing that mindset. And I've been so refreshed so far. And I've done, like yesterday I sat at the mill for like 12 hours and it was fine because I was just like, I'm enjoying working hard and I'm enjoying being able to see the end result and see the see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. for this whole journey as a college but then also my deadline to be able to be like but I just gotta choose it you know yeah like, cause you can look at a 12 hour day of work at the mill and it's like, like oh terrible. I gotta get this done yeah. like, oh you know what I'm being productive for 12 hours yeah, yeah. and there's always two sides to the stone I guess mm -hmm. one, one thing I hear this all the time people tell me um they're like, oh, I hate all my classes. I hate mm -hmm. what I'm learning. It's I'm not wasting anything. It's like, well, you're choosing to learn that. Yeah. And when you choose to learn what you want to learn, whether it's like interior design, which is mm -hmm. not a typical major, you're the second person I've ever heard have <laughs> that major. Um, <laughs> like you're you're choosing that lifestyle. And it's like, oh, I'm choosing to grow mm -hmm. more. Like this is something I chose. And I think when you decide to choose your lifestyle, which not everyone does, mm -hmm. um, you're really making an impact towards your future. Totally. And I think it's because, especially in a college setting, like you're putting yourself in a setting where they're going to tell you a lot of things and they're going to say, mm -hmm. okay, in this major, you have to take these classes or you have to act this way to get this grade or you have to work this hard to get a letter of recommendation. You know, you're being told so much, but I think that's what's so going to be so inter interesting for everybody after graduation is nobody's telling you anything anymore like yeah. you literally have the choice and if you don't start practicing that earlier mm -hmm. you're gonna go out and be like I don't know what to get excited about I don't know what to choose I don't know how to go about this situation so I think that's very yeah. telling to even practice that and start that earlier is super Definitely. key super key yeah, that's, that's going to be a hard transition for a lot of people, I think, is going from a place where, oh, like, they're telling me what to do. I know exactly mm -hmm. what I need to do because people are telling me. But then you go out in the real world, it's like, okay, like, you find your own job, you find your own path, you find your own happiness. Almost, yeah. And it's like, that's going to be, like, a pretty tough transition for, I, I think it might be for me and for a lot of other people, you know, it's mm -hmm. going to be completely different. How do you think you're going to handle that in the next couple months? Uh, I think a lot better than if I would have, if you, you would have asked me that a year ago, I probably would have freaked out a little bit but I think a lot better I read a book recently called Defining Decade which everybody should read it's super it's Defining good. Decade The Defining okay. Decade okay. yeah you think that's the 20s is the Defining Decade yeah yeah. Roaring 20s. I, I've been saying 20s. that for a while. Yeah, Let's bring it back. Yeah. We're going to make this shit so much fun. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think the 20s are like, people always say like your 20s are your best life mm. and you're going to have your best years in your 20s. And I think people take that for granted. Like this book is, this book is very much like a realistic perspective. Like it's this psychologist that's analyzing all these 20 some somethings. Wow. And... They'll basically say their problems and then 
she'll come out from like a psychologist perspective and she's like a lot of what society's telling us is we have to leave college with a New York job and be successful and have the best of the best and she's like she's like no that that's not true and you have to stop thinking that your best of the best could be 10 feet away from where you're living right now and that could lead you to the next open door which will lead you to your dream job you know Mm -hmm. and I think people don't want to accept that and I've had a hard time dealing with that because I feel like I have to leave here with a big job or a big impression to be like wow she landed this job here um but now it's more of like okay like let's figure out like what what's actually going to get me somewhere what's going to be that next step what's going to be the connection that I need for right now, you know, and live in the present, but then to realize like how much cool things are going to happen in your twenties and yeah. your last, I read this somewhere too. It was like your, all your, all your first will end in your twenties. So like your first, Shit. your first job, <laughs> your first car, like all these things, yeah. almost all of them end in your twenties. Everything past your twenties is like your second or your last or yeah, because it's like your first you're apartment, getting your yeah. first home, your yeah. first and that yeah. ends in your twenty, and that's just like such a weird thing. And going it's from a school, decade. it's yeah. literally it's a defining decade. decade. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> man, stress me out. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just trying just to counsel you. Yeah. I guess no, I get it. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I know. Like, I like how you talk about living in the present moment, though. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I think about living in the present moment, I think back to a quote where. Um, if you're hiking to a mountain, like you can't get there unless you focus on every single step, one step at a time. Totally. You know, and you That's always cool. have to yeah. focus on taking one step, and then the next, so you keep like these strong feet. Make sure you get all the way to the mm-hmm. top. So although you have this goal in mind, you have to focus on where you're at right now and how you're just going to go from here to here and here. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't focus way over there, or else you're going to miss step. Yeah. You know? That's super interesting. Yeah, and seeing that end goal of mm-hmm. even seeing like the hard work in between each step. You know, of yeah. like. Mm-hmm you're probably going to sweat as you go up that mountain. And you're going to like physically be drained, but then you're going to have moments where you're energized and like, then you see the end result and you're like, I did it. Like I made it. I made it that far and climbed up the mountain. Yeah. But that's also like my biggest fear is to have a ceiling to something. Like I don't, I don't see life having like a, Oh, I, I accomplished this. And like, that's, that's it. Like that's how I feel good. And that's all I need to accomplish in life. Like, everything I start starts really bold but then it's never ending and it doesn't have a ceiling like it's either I keep going for it forever or let someone else like enjoy it and take over or I start a new thing and just keep going because I think as soon as you feel like super content about things it just Mm -hmm. gets boring like life gets boring I heard that uh it was. It might have been from a Kendrick Lamar song, but uh, it's still. <laughs> That's a great advice for me. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna real, really. But it was talking about how like pride, like something. Uh, pride is one of like the seven deadly sins. I'm pretty sure to even take too much pride in your work, like you totally. almost have to kind of hate it, yeah. move on, and keep pushing. You're like, all right, that was not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, the pride for it, you can't take too much, but you can maybe have it for a moment or mm-hmm. two. But you have to give it up to keep moving forward. That's like what I'm gonna compare some The Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're getting real God. philosophers on this, you know. <laughs> the real experts. <laughs> yeah, people really got to figure it out. The Rock said on his Instagram the other day, yeah. so we have really good sources here. Um, he was saying how you can't, you can't be influenced by how people think about your work. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to go at it, like, 
nobody's ever going to care and you just have to grind and just work as hard as you can because they're just like if you take any of that to your head to be like wow I did that and they're complimenting me and they want like him as a star being Mm. like I don't care about your praise and like I just this is my work and I'm doing it and being able to kind of like you said kind of like ignore it almost but to be able to like completely just be in the zone is something really hard to stay in but I just thought that was funny because I was like that's coming from a star you know yeah that is like could take all the recognition that he wanted and Mm -hmm. to be so egotistical if he wanted to be but well, I'm glad to know you follow The Rock on Instagram. Yes, yes. Now you know my secrets. Uh. <laughs> he posted the other day, too, of, like, this kid or, like, this baseball team was on a bus, and mm. they were filming him on the, like, from his perspective, and he's like, yeah, you guys going to win? And they're all, like, freaking out. <laughs> sure like, I have so much respect for The Rock. I would have to win that game. Yeah, I know. Like, I was better believe it. He said that they won like twenty three to one. Like it was like they're so goddamn inspired <laughs> yeah, after the right. rock came in. Like, I how mean, would you not? I yeah. would be super pumped at the rock doctor. <laughs> oh jeez. So a little bit of a tangent of something I like to talk about. You and John Pfeiffer, one of a uh, an older podcast guests, are Adidas campus reps. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how that kind of sure. relates to the creative side? Yeah. yeah, you know um, that's a big role. So we're very curious about it. Yeah, I think a lot of people are curious slash confused about what the heck that role is. Um, <laughs> it kind of landed in my lap. Um, my best friend, Sydney, she interned the year before me at Art Rival. Mm-hmm. And Art Rival was saying, like, oh, we have this new position. Like, Adidas wants to do campus agents and all these things. And um, she reached out to me, and she's like, I think you'd be really good at this. She's just like... I I grew up playing sports, and so I was just like, I had that in my blood, but then also just being able to talk to people, like, I'm pretty good at just putting myself out there and not really worrying about things, so she's like, you should try it, and so I interviewed, and I got it, and so I was like, all right, here we go, so I'm ending my second year soon, which is really sad to think about, but um, basically what we do is just to spread brand awareness, like, that's our job title and loyalty, and so... Our, my boss is actually our tribal and then his boss and like how he communicates with um, Adidas is okay. through someone that works with Adidas if that makes sense so yeah. it's kind of like a grapevine gotcha. in a way um, so it has the our tribal team and then you have the Adidas team and there's mm-hmm. just like those connection points uh, so my boss we'll have weekly meetings with him and we'll just talk about like okay like what's happening on campus what can we what can we touch or what can we how can we move the needle on campus for what's happening with Adidas and how can we inspire people? And then we'll kind of look at what um, Adidas has for their like monthly campaign or what they're focusing on and we'll kind of try to match that. And it's been really cool because we'll get gear and we'll be able to be like, okay, like how can we give this to people in like a premium way and an experience they're never gonna forget and just make people's day. And that's just been, it's been the coolest job just because of that. Like I I have flexible hours. I can, we can work whenever we wanna work basically. And we just get to make people's lives. Like people are like, I've never win anything. And I just got a pair of ultra boost. And like, what, what is this life, you know? (laughs) And so like John and I are just sitting here and we're like, all right, like this is a pretty good gig. Yeah. I'm glad I can make your day, you know? It's been so, so cool. And they send us out there for training mm. and they t- 
tell us all the secrets of how how to hold even an ultra boost. Like, didn't know there was a way to hold shoe, but there was. And <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I did not know that. Right? Yeah, you wouldn't even yeah, think yeah, about yeah, that. And it's just like the little things of how they present themselves as a company and like they'll tell us like we had mid-year meeting in um, December and they told us what's happening this spring and like how we're going to try to capitalize that on our campus and it's just been such a cool experience and it's opened so many doors for me in general of just meeting people and getting myself involved with our drival in general and just being able to connect and meet a lot of people like our goal is just to reach a ton of people so that's just been really cool because like I don't think I would have an excuse to do that if it wasn't for this job. Like I wouldn't be yeah. going out and be like, okay, how many people can I reach today? <laughs> you know? <laughs> get to know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hit your quota. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Trying to meet all these people. Yeah. Which I think is a cool goal, honestly. Yeah. Like to be able to do that and be like, yeah. I'm gonna meet 30 new people this month would be insane. To be like actually get to know some people. Yeah, I, that would be so cool. Me and Eric have actually had that goal a lot. We definitely uh, push each other a lot to meet yeah, new people. To meet new people. You should. Yeah, I think that's cool, have, yeah. and that's why you guys are doing this for the most part. Just yeah, like, really get to know yeah, people. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think people will be surprised how much, especially even like if you want to put the I hate the word, but like networking mm-hmm. on it. Um, like, it's just, like, a great way to get information. Like, so many totally. people know stuff you don't know. Mm-hmm. And just when you talk to people, like, like say for you, like, I, I don't know that many people with the interior design. So when I hear that, like, that's something that opens my eyes completely. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I've never even considered that as an option. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of something people miss out on. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard recently, like, one of the biggest problems plaguing our generation is our inability to connect. Um, I think about this all the time. Yeah. Is that we literally just constantly walk around with our phones because we cannot hold a conversation. People Mm -hmm. cannot just go say hi to anybody. Mm -hmm. It's something we're terrified of. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that's totally unique to our generation. Totally. And even thinking about it in previous generations, Mm -hmm. like even let's just like say dating, for example. Dating is just like the funniest thing to me in college because if you look at our grandparents, they literally started dating because they they lived on the same street as that person yeah. or yeah. their parents knew someone and they set them up and yeah. <laughs> it was they wrote letters like it wasn't like hey let's go on a date and I'll text you when I'm coming and picking you up like it was I'll see you in next Tuesday at 7 I'll pick you up kind of thing mm-hmm. and it was like yeah. you couldn't change your plans yeah. they were coming yeah, like, either way there was no excuses like yeah. it was just like you had to be there and you had to like embrace that. I think that's just the funniest thing. It's sad. Mm-hmm. I think relationships in general have like really fallen because of that. Like my yeah, biggest, sort of yeah, my biggest inspiration for um, relationships is my grandparents and mm-hmm. my grandpa went to war and they wrote and he even had this story where he was going to into an area where basically if they caught you they would find any way to torture you you know if they if you had something on your body and so he had to leave a picture of my grandma underneath the step um it was in italy like just and he had to leave it there and i'm like that is just so weird to think about because i'm like if i went back there like what if it was still there and to think that they're writing during all of that and just that was their only way to connect is just mind-blowing to me and they were the biggest inspirations to me and even though I, I actually don't know how they met, but just to accept that person and be like, all right, like 
you're my person. We're going to have life together. Like, yeah. and then the end towards the end of their lives, like my grandpa wouldn't leave my grandma's side. And it was just like, it was no question. There was even like divorce rates, like divorce rates have gone up so Very much, so much. Yeah. And yeah, that's just like more than half, maybe. more than half. And then, you, divorced. yeah. And I was watching this thing and they're like, okay, raise your hand if your grandparents have gotten divorced. And it was like five people in the audience. And then it was like, yeah, it was like exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, Compared to the amount of How parents. many people's parents are divorced? Yeah. Way bigger number. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that is sad because it shows like our lack of commitment to things. Like with technology in general, like we have something and we'll, it's instant gratification. We're like, okay, I got that. Now let's move on to the next thing. And that's here's, sad. Here's something I kind of wanted to bounce off you because you're kind of, you seem very interested in just like the dynamics of relationships and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a new definition of love, which is letting somebody express their full right to their own unique humanhood. Interesting. Letting somebody be their own unique self and not getting in the way of it and appreciating them just for that fact. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that? That's super interesting. I think that is very telling for the fact that people think that there's only good things in relationships. Mm -hmm. Like people just want the idealized life the romantic the, romantic, part, the yeah. goals relationships the, you the know end of the romantic comedy you go you with off the into notebooks sunset, and, all and that everything stuff. just works out and that's the end of the story exactly no Close people people don't want the negative anymore and i think that definition is attesting to that like people want be, being able to love someone fully is being able to actually love their flaws and when they make you super angry to be like loving towards them yeah. like i think that's like an unspeakable power to be able to do that. Like if someone's at that point where you're so angry with them and be like, yep, I love you. Like that's just being able to say that. I think that's crazy telling. And that's what I think is really sad too, because people don't know one, they're losing themselves a lot with identity of just like with what society tells them and being manipulated and influenced by everything. Um, so they don't, I don't even know if people really know themselves fully to be loved. Like a lot of people are like, I feel like I can't be loved because I don't love myself yet. Like that's a huge wave of things happening right now. I feel like, I would agree. which is sad too. But I think if we have good examples still, I think it will be okay. But just seeing how everything's changing so fast and I think it's funny. I mean, like, nowadays, I think we're so bad at dating, we got to outsource it to apps, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we can't even fucking do it. We're like, all right, give me Tinder. I'm just yeah, going to swipe, left, swipe left, right. left and right because we're that bad at it. Yeah. I know. Ask out that each crazy? Other. I think um, that's so sad funny. to think about yeah. that one. I know. I, don't know. I just, I think that the fact with technology entwined in it, even like, if, say like oh I meet someone mm-hmm. the next thing I can do I can just go look them up mm-hmm. and there's a database of all their information they've yeah. ever wanted to present mm-hmm. and that is fucked up yeah <laughs> it's crazy that you can it's creepy. look up yeah. someone it's and creepy. know everything about this person before you've even gone on a date with them yeah you know, or anything like that I don't know it just definitely messes the whole thing up and it's completely oh I new. agree I agree I wish I, I like I tell people and I really wish that I was born in a different generation like, I really feel like I wasn't meant to be in this generation. It drives me crazy. I'm just like, I don't get how people can be so disconnected like that. And, like, I even fall into that trap of social media or all these things where I'm like, why does this even matter? Like, yeah. before this happened, what were people doing? Like, what? Even someone said, like, in a waiting room, 
Like you don't see people talking to people anymore or like reading a magazine because people are just on their phones. And yeah. I'm like, that could be the connection to your next job. Else, like you don't yeah. even know, yeah. you know? And I, oh yes, what I would do to live like back in the 1900s, you know? It's crazy that, to think about cool. being so connected as a society, like on, on the internet and then social media and everything mm-hmm. leads to so much disconnect. It just doesn't right? make a lot of sense yeah. in my mind. It's so opposite to yeah. what you would think. Very counter. I think you actually told me, Eric, that all like people our generation suffer from like hyper comparison disorder mm-hmm. or something because we're constantly oh, just yeah. like looking at people's best moments on Instagram, mm-hmm. especially I fall trapped to it. I constantly and every look time you people. post on Instagram, it's always like, oh, these are the best pictures I got for my vacation. Totally. People to think I had the best time yeah. of my life. Mm-hmm. It's the ones of me looking the best, yep. you know, like it's all your friends comedy and totally. like who's get the most likes follower ratios mm-hmm. i've definitely had a conversation about that like that's a real thing <laughs> you know like i don't know we we care so much now about like these online personas that mm-hmm. it's i don't know it's, it's almost like it's not even you yeah it really is i think that's super sad first off yeah it is, it is. like that's sad that we have to live in that and i think it even scares me like for my future kids like yeah. can you imagine what that's gonna be like what do you like what even does that look like because people are so invested right now i'm like they are screwed like yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got no choice yeah. to like grow up without that you know like i feel like they if i didn't to... give my kid a phone by the time they're like in fifth grade yeah it's they're, like, gonna they're gonna, gonna be freak out yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, they're already gonna be way behind i know i'm like this is a sad life <laughs> But on the other side, just to flip it around, <laughs> um, in the age of influencers, and now people mm-hmm. are creating their whole lives off social media platforms. Totally. I know something that definitely we're working on. I mean, you have a mm-hmm. photography page. We have an yeah. Instagram page for Let's Build an Airplane. Yeah. Like, is that almost more positive that we're creating this whole new world? I think yes and no. I think a lot of it is because we have so much power with social media, we could change the world like we could do that with how we treat people how we be real with people online how we support people yet i think there's so many negative sides to it and there's so much fake like influence with that so Mm -hmm. i think yes it's positive for the fact that you could make waves with what you could do with it but i think there's sad reality of like you have to even like that's what i've been struggling with is like starting like a part-time photography business and like really starting to get into that, I felt like my morals and like my, <laughs> my, my pride of wanting to not have social media be the way that that starts. It's just like, I felt like I had no choice for a lot of reasons. Cause I was yeah. like, that's the way people reach people. And that's how people see things it's nowadays. It's yeah. Just marketing. And I'm just like, I hate how I have to think about like, well, if I want to be successful, like you have to gain more followers. And I'm like, that makes me sick to have to think that's the way you have to do it. You know, I wish there was another way that we could do that. And a lot of that's just like one-on-one, but like nowadays it's like really hard to do that, to reach that many people that fast. And it's impossible. I can't name another one. Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah. go viral overnight. You can't do that. Literally. You're just talking to your friends. It's crazy to think how much support you can just get over the internet over anything. Totally. Mm. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I like my goal. The one thing I will say for social media, I'm like, my goal is to make something viral that I can get on Ellen. Like that's all I want. Ellen? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can, I'd want to meet Ellen. So, I want to meet yeah. Ellen. I think that'd be so cool. And to be on her show, I'd be like, yeah. 
that, that that's it. my peak right there. I made it. I, <laughs> I made it to Ellen. It's all, right. it's all downhill from here. Yeah. It's fine. You can't accomplish anything more than this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, people, like that little boy that sang or yodeled in Walmart. Now yeah. he's he's playing at our spring game. You know that? I did not know that. He's yeah, playing at our he's spring coming game? to our spring game. Ramsey years. Yeah, Gordon like, Ramsey. Yeah. No, no, that's the, the chef. chef. That's the chef. chef. <laughs> I don't know his Mason. name. Mason. Mason Ramsey. Yeah, maybe. Is it? I think so. I'm really bad with names. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Uh, I but that's wrong. that's uh, funny. Like he's coming to Lincoln, Nebraska. He's more he's famous than famous us. I mean. on, yeah, that's sad. That really compares you. No, like <laughs> how old is he? Like twelve, thirteen? Yeah, I, I, I thought, thought he was like nine. Nine? Really oh wow! I thought he was pretty young. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, to be honest. You think that, I mean, that definitely, like, plays in a part of him growing up in this type of environment where you can literally just get viral overnight, you know? Mm -hmm. What do you, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I almost worry, like, what kind of mindset do you have when you have thousands upon thousands of followers? Mm -hmm. You know, you just put something like a piece of, there's yeah. a post. Like, that is just simple as click send, and all of a sudden, like, 500,000 people are looking at it. That's gotta like start messing with your head a little bit. I don't mean to like, yeah, I don't mean to draw on the negatives, but like they have to be thinking about instant gratification. That's gotta be something. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think that's why. I don't think I would ever want to be famous for that reason. I I told someone, if I were to get famous, I would want to be like low key famous, like the. Like writers are famous, but like you don't have a face or a name most of the time. It's like you know the name. So it's yeah. like you know the name, yeah. but like if you walk, you could walk in the street normally. So like never. Know. I have no know. idea what J.K. Rowling looks like. <laughs> She's like the most famous author like ever. I do know that one, uh, but I would not recognize her on the street. <laughs> but I think that would be definitely that's what I would need. I couldn't be mm -hmm. the center of attention. So that maybe would, you should be an be author. Scary. Maybe. <laughs> I suck at spelling, so I think that would be my fall of yeah. me being an author. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd like to say sometimes I'm good with words, so maybe we can create something we'll see. out of we'll it. We'll see. It could be my next creative pursuit. Who knows? I don't know what that means. Um, actually, back in the lines of creativity, I watch, I don't know if you watch a lot of TED Talks, but I watched the TED, oh, TED Talk Talks. by, uh, his name is Sir Ken Robinson, and he talks oh. about how schools kill creativity. In the fact that, like, high schools and elementary schools always teach you, oh, like, what's two plus two? It's four, you know? But they never teach you, oh, like, blank plus blank is four, fill it in, you know? And that's a way more creative way of doing math. But then again, they always just go, oh, like, fill in the blank. Don't think about it for yourself. This is the answer. Mm -hmm. This is how you get to it. And that's it. It's like a template. Yeah. And it's always just, like, that's kind of how, like, schools are. And they just mm -hmm. kill creativity. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that at all about how kind of? school in a sense hinders creativity oh gosh i've talked to my friend gage about that a little bit of how we feel like in school you kind of feel just stuck like you mm -hmm. can't exactly get out and do what you want to do and invest all your time in that because the degree is sometimes what you need in life to get a job you know which yeah. sucks just a, in a lot of way yeah. i think it depends because like for example, my creative, I'm in a creative major. So I think that's different because I'm dealing with professors that are pushing you to be more creative. Um, but I think there is limitation because there's deadlines and there's criteria and there's deliverables that you have to meet versus just giving you a blank sheet of paper, like you said, and just being able to figure it out or create something. Mm -hmm. It's, there's still a template that goes with the creativity 
which I think is good in a learning sense because that's how they set like freshman year they make you make this like box okay it's literally just a box and then they have like different holes yes the different little holes that you have to create but you're creating composition within the box so it's like how the light goes in the box how how the comparison of scale and how juxtaposition, juxtaposition and like adjacencies mm. and like things that I'm like what like that yeah. it's a box like, yeah. like chill out like, <laughs> like it's not that big of a deal and then we got graded on craft so it's like how precise were your cuts and you're like you've got to be kidding me yeah. so I think it's like that but then all, that also teaches you teaches you to be persistent and like really detailed with your work so it's like I think it goes a lot of back and forth like there's certain teachings and things about school that I think help you when you later look back onto it yeah but I think it does hinder you for the fact that you're still in a classroom and you're still kind of limited in your you're still limited mm-hmm. in a way like I can't just go out in town and find the next thing I want to do mm-hmm. like I have to finish my studio project you know yeah, so I think true. it limits you in that way of mm-hmm. like more what work you're doing versus like the skills like I think the skills are still taught in school and then it's how you interpret them how you go about them and how you even teach yourself a lot of your skills and your knowledge and your abilities I think is really key and that's what's great about technology like I know we're trashing on technology right now but <laughs> yeah. like that's the one thing that's great is I'm able to learn things that would take my parents like a lot longer because they had to go through books and like resources like of physical people where this I could learn how to create a website in like 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. and I'm like that's crazy yeah. oh my how we're allowing people to be that creative but I'm like there's something so beautiful about something like raw and just being able to come at it from a natural place where it just wants to come from versus like a forced place. Yeah. You know, just hard. Yeah. I remember talking to my grandfather. He would always, I would always tell him, I'll Google it. Like he'd always be like, Oh, I need yeah. help with the TV. And I was like, did you Google, Google it? And yeah. Like I had to go to the library every time I ever had a question. Yeah. Just like, that's completely <laughs> life. Information of every single thing in the world in our hand. Yeah, like, yeah. like it's just a completely different life. I totally. I think like overall, sometimes it's great because you talked about like the self learning. Like mm-hmm. now, if you want to learn anything, you can just do it. Yeah. And I think that's almost even like made us young people like far more competitive. Yeah. Um, I was in one class. We're talking about like everybody in the person I know. Everybody's got a side hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all side hustling because it's like so competitive nowadays because you can just learn anything mm-hmm. I think that's like a little bit of the pros of technology is that like it's forcing people to learn everything mm-hmm. which is cool but also very challenging at the same time it is challenging I think for me it was it's also cool because like how I said I don't really have like one niche that I'm like known mm-hmm. for like I have just a lot of different things so one thing like totally like left field that I love is like astrology in the stars and yeah. like growing up I told myself I was going to be an astronaut and really? <laughs> that obviously didn't happen but like hey, you still got time I still got time I can, <laughs> yeah. I can make that work I'll be on that yeah. SpaceX or whatever that <laughs> new things are coming Elon up Elon Musk or Chris yes, yeah. yes I think that is going to be so cool when they, they need someone to design space. the inside of the ships <laughs> exactly yeah. hey, design cool. spaceships there it is the next thing but I think it's so cool to be able to do that and um, like I can learn all about that Mm-hmm. And it's not hard at all. And that can be my, like you said, side hustle. But that's, like, super dangerous at the same time. Because people will say, like, you work your 9-to-5 job 
to pay for your six to eleven job or like to pay for your six to eleven passion or career or like side yeah. hustle basically. So you never have any free time. No, you never have any free time, and then you're focused so much on your side hustle, and your nine to five job just becomes your income. So it's not like you're not focusing on your main job anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, what can I like dual at the same time yeah. and just like accomplish more? I'm like. It's got its pros and cons, but <laughs> I, I was actually listening to, I don't know if people have heard of Mike Smith, Mike Smith. He started the Bay um, yeah. crazy entrepreneur, but he was in my Super class cool and he was talking about how the way he made his life is that the people always put their job first. Like, Oh, this is what I want to do. And because of that, I'll have a great life and I'll have all these mm-hmm. skills and time. But he's like, really, he's like, most people you say that they don't have, he's like, ask your parents how much free time do they have for their hobbies? He's like, not a lot, mm-hmm. which is very true. But so you got to flip it upside down think of like, all right, what do I want to do with my time? And for him, it was like art and skating. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how can I build my life around those? And I think that's how most people should trigger their life or to shape it around. And so it's like, oh, this is the most important thing to me. How can I shape my life around this? So I'm constantly doing this instead of shaping it around the job. Because yeah. so, that's how I think people get end up in a, a 6 to 11 job, mm-hmm. which nobody should be working 80-hour yeah. weeks. Mm-hmm. It seems 100. like people need to have the money to find mm-hmm. their purpose. When it's just, oh, you need to find your purpose and then money will come. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Or there's yeah. that, um, oh, I, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's like the circle inside the circle inside the circle. Have you ever seen that? Uh, the circle inside of the circle. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could remember. Try it. Circle Inception. Circle Inception. It's like the... Oh, guys, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's a circle inside a circle inside a circle, basically what it is. But um, my friend Andres talked about this, and this is like stuck with me, of how um, basically how companies work nowadays Mm -hmm. is the inner circle is why, the next circle is what, and the next circle is how, or it's what? I think it's how, what? How is it? Yeah. It's how, why, what? How, what? I, I think why, I watched the how? same. Did you talk. see this? I've yes. seen the same. It's like how yes. leaders inspire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like why, how, and what? Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of yes. sense because yeah. the what would yes. be more. What's well, like the biggest one? How would yes. you? What are you yes, doing? Yes, 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 and yes, why yes. is the core of everything? Yep, yep. Okay. And he's like, you should go about it in the opposite way. You should have the why, like why are you creating this and like why are you doing this what's your purpose what's your value behind it and then it's like oh and this is how we have a physical object with it and then this 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 you know it just kind of like expands from there but it's like and that's um mike is it mike mike smith yeah. yes yeah he is super inspiring i think he yeah, like he i've listened to him talk before and he's just a really interesting guy and you can tell that he's just happy, you know? Yeah. Like, he just walks around and he's just like, I like life. Like, life's a good thing, you know? And that, that's obviously everybody's goal, but then there's also a trap with society of that's what society tells us. Like, we have to love our job and we have to create something new with our job and you have to be an entrepreneur and that kind of thing. But at the same time, like, there's such, there is value still behind, like, traditional jobs. Like they're still teaching, oh, they're still uh, teaching you yeah. things, and they teach you not to give up on things when they get maybe a little bit boring or unsatisfactory. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it kind of is both, but yeah. And I, I mean, even what he explained is like you can find so many avenues. Like, say even your passion's like skating. Well, there's so many companies around just that. Totally. And it's not skateboarding. You totally. know, it's 
there's, uh, I think the great example you used was like, well, you want to find your passion and think of five jobs that are around that passion. And you'd be surprised like what you can come up with just by some quick Google searches. You know, so I think, I think most people just end up and really hoping, I, I think most people praise money. I think that's what drives most people when it turns into a job. Mm-hmm. But I think when you center around passion, for sure, the money will follow. Mm-hmm. If you yeah, do it in the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't make money off passion. You know, starving artists, that's a real thing. So oh, yeah, real. Definitely. So relevant. I hope that doesn't become me. <laughs> Maybe I should do that Google search yeah. thing and just like, get my five things. It's all I'm, about the why. Me and Max yeah. always talk about that. It's mm-hmm. all about the why you ever do anything. Mm-hmm. I remember I actually read this quote. It was, um, if you want to build a boat, you don't just tell the sailors to go get wood and start building a boat, but you tell them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. You know, it's not like you don't build a boat to build a boat. You build a boat to go on the sea with it Mm -hmm. and sail it. Rather, you want to teach them why to build a boat and why they want to build a boat. And it's just all about the why, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, you know, because then you teach them, oh, now I want to do it because I know why and I love to do it for you, Mm -hmm. you know. Wow, that's poetic. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so, Megan, what's Maybe that's your side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> a little poetry, yeah. Who knows, you know? I love that. Um, so, Megan, what's your why? What's my why? Um, why do you do anything? Why, 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 why do you wake up in the morning? Why, yeah. Sunrises. <laughs> my alarm clock goes yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> um, my why? I think... My why has faith behind it. I got a strong Christian faith, so I think that's my biggest why. But next to that, I think it's the people around me, and it's my family, and it's that big idea of life is really simple and being able to achieve that of, like we said, like choose happiness and waking up and be like, okay, like how can I... How can I make that happen today, you know? I think the why kind of goes back to the legacy of people try to create a why, but it's not always created. It's just sometimes what you're naturally good at and what are your strengths. Um, it's almost subliminal. You yeah. Know, you don't even notice why you're doing it. Yeah, until, until you reflect on it, you know? Definitely. Um, and I think if I were to put it in that way, my strengths are that I'm able to adapt a lot of people and I'm able to put myself in a lot of different situations and feel comfortable. So my why could be potentially bringing somebody in when they're feeling left out or my why could be, um, I lost my train of thought. I'll come back. (laughs) Um, I think, let me think. I think that another strength could be that I'm able to make people feel like them weird selves because I'm able to be my weird self. And people sometimes are like so amused by that. Like I am a weirdo. Like don't let me fool you. Yeah. Uh, but people are just, they know me by that. They're just like, you're just such a strange person, but we love you for it. And yeah. you're confident in it. And I think that gives other people confidence. So maybe my why is just being myself so that I'm able to hopefully inspire someone else to be themselves or feel comfortable to be themselves. So I think it kind of goes back to that. Like, what are your strengths and what, 
how can that be your why? And I think that's where people go looking for a why, but I'm like, it, I think it's already there. It's just you have to reveal it to yourself, which is hard. I liked how you talked about the word weird, because I think one of the, like, <laughs> the most beneficial things I've ever done in my life is to stop associating the word weird with bad. Because mm-hmm. I think weird is always a good thing. Because totally. weird just means different. Mm-hmm. And differences just like kind of stem challenges and learning. You know, It's just so many different things you can learn from quote-unquote weird, weird. people. Yeah, you know? and weird is... <laughs> yeah, it's you such just, a blanket term. It, yeah, so many people use it in so many different ways. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I think of weird as, like, you're you're able to do something that people might look at you differently, you know? Just something that nobody would ever do. Yeah, almost, and you're like, you know? that's mm-hmm. really weird. But in, in, a, in a lighthearted way. Like, if it, was, oh, yeah. if it was in a different... Like, if you use the word different... Like that is something where you have you see that contrast, but and it's more in a more standard way. But weird is like you're doing it in a fun way, like you're yeah. enjoying it. You're it's having almost like individual. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. a good word to like describe it. With. Yeah, totally. I think that's good to have, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm weird, maybe I'm not. But <laughs> I think even like on a college like version of it, like I've always heard like. Teachers never remember the kid that just always comes to class, gets really good grades, and doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like, the teacher always remembers the person that, like, said something in class, made an impact, even if it was dumb mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like, just said something, made an impact, talked to people, mm-hmm. just, like, remember made the class more interesting. Yeah. You know, like, might as well do something a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just or just make another beat. Right. Everybody's marching the same drum just to kind of throw things off mm-hmm. a little bit and be intentional with that. And make an impact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that kind of goes with, like, the bold thing of being, like, okay, like, today in class, I want to make everybody laugh, you know? Mm-hmm. And just having... Maybe that's your intention for the day and just being so bold with that because people are going to remember that. People aren't going to remember you just coming to class that day and just doing your work, like you said. Like, and that's where it's so ordinary, like to be able to be something that people remember and it yeah. made a good impact on them. And that could be like part of that legacy. And part of, like there's... I don't want to contradict myself because that is what other people think of you, but I think it's okay if it's being intentional with something really good. Mm -hmm. And because I think over time, if you keep doing that, you're going to grow and you're going to like, you're going to become that. Like you surround yourself with the people that you, or what is that saying? You are who you surround yourself yeah, with, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, like your five closest best friends. Yeah, or are, like, make up you. Yeah. yeah, which I always think about because I'm like, okay, like maybe... Maybe I need to pull on somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. to like mix that up and challenge my thought process a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a goal of mine. And I think that's, if I were to like give advice to my freshman self, that's probably what it'd be. To be like, don't like just be bold, like be as bold as you possibly can be because you're one, you're not going to regret it because you're, it's going to lead to something great. Yeah. But then also it I think it helps you find yourself a lot better if you're like putting yourself like comfort is the enemy of success is like one of my favorite sayings because it's like if you're comfortable you're not going to be doing things that push you out of your box and help you meet someone like if you're uncomfortable you are in a good spot which like there's always time to be comfortable you know in your little happy place you know Yeah, yeah but I think that is so key and I hope to achieve that better you know like I hope to get that really just pinpointed and to be able to say I had this conversation with um, my friend the other day and 
we were like, it would be so cool if I asked you, like, who do I remind you of? And you said nobody. Like, to be able to yeah, have such a presence with someone. Like, you remind me of you. That's yeah. It. Like, yeah. you don't remind yeah. me of anyone, anyone else, else that I met. Like yeah. I think that is yeah. so cool. That is a good compliment. Yeah. Which is usually people are trying to, that's the comparison. Like, people are trying yeah. to compare you to someone. But it's like, if you generally, like, can't think of anybody else that reminds you of that person, like, that's cool, I think. Because those are the people. That was kind of poetic right there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I try sometimes. <laughs> I love poetry. I think people should get into poetry. But I don't have it. Like I said, I don't have a favorite poet or anything. It's just what I see see around town. But. It's all connected. I, I especially, ever since I switched my major to creative, um, I, found, I think that all, all creativity is kind of combined. I think creative is a mm-hmm. weird thing. I actually watched this incredible TED Talk. Um, it was by the girl who did Eat, Pray, Love. I don't remember her name. But, I know this. Um, <laughs> anyway, she talked about this famous <laughs> poet. How that when she was going through the fields when she was growing up, mm-hmm. she would hear a poem like coming over the fields, and she's like, if she didn't get a pen and paper and write it down, she'd miss it. Mm-hmm. And the poem would keep on going, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of get that. You know, it's like a creativity. It's almost like the muse is disconnected mm-hmm. from you. I mean, do you have any thoughts on this on your creative process? Connected. I like talking about the muse. It's a weird yeah, word, yeah. But that, I, think I know that people understand it. You should read the book um, Big Magic. Because she wrote that book. And that goes a lot with creativity of how she's like, you have to be so willing to take in creativity because people block it off or to have a time and be still with the world to let it in. Because I I totally agree with that. I love, because I've heard that TED Talk before, and I think it's so cool to be able to be in this creative state where if something comes to you, you'd be able to just enjoy it. And, mm. but then to like share it with the world, because it was interesting because in that book, um, that she wrote, she talks about how she had this idea of this, she's a writer and she's like, I had this idea of this great storyline and it was about like the Amazon or like the jungle and this lady that gets lost in it or something like that. Mm. And she's like, I had it for so long, I started it, I kind of meshed with it, and then I, I let it die. And then she met someone like five years later, and this lady had written the book that she once started. Like she had the same ideas and same things, and she's like, I think when I let it die, it was it was given into someone else's world. It's like reborn. Yeah, almost. reborn. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. so cool. Like that's it's a, a weird. Spiritual. It's a little yeah. It's a little yeah, spooky yeah, even. Yeah, I'm like, where not, are these ideas coming from? Yeah. <laughs> Got to watch out. Creat- it's a little spooky. It's a little spooky. It is a little spooky. Yeah. But I think that's cool. Like mm-hmm. to be able to take an idea that could come from midair and just roll with it mm-hmm. and see what happens. And being able, to, I think it's really mature to be able to do that. And to be able to take something and finish it, even if you're not really sure about it. But then I think I think creativity has a pulse. I think if you if you don't connect with it, it's very obvious from the beginning, and then you just let it go. Where like in our studio, like we'll be talking, we'll be collaborating, and I'll be like talking about my project maybe, and someone will say something, and maybe it doesn't even like register in my head, but they'll say it, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's interesting. But then the next thing they say, it just clicks with me. Like, wow. You're just like, that's it. Or like yeah. that, yeah. that I get that. And I think that's where that like creativity like comes to you or like allows you to accept it. Because I'm like, 
you only want to see your art in a certain way. And if you can't figure it out, if someone says something that just sparks something, I think that's that like creative like outlet and muse that mm-hmm. all kind of forms together. To being able to express that and understand that, I think is super deep and complex. It is, yeah. Like that's a hard thing to wrap your mind around. Yeah. Almost very. But mature, it makes sense. Right? Yeah, and it makes yeah. sense. Like people will listen to things. Like a lot of creative people will listen to things. And they'll just let it simmer. Like, nothing will happen. And then you can see a lot of creative people, just like a light bulb will go off, and they're just like, that's it. Or, like, I got it. And mm. that's, like, kind of a Rico moment where it's like, I get it. I get it. And you just kind of, that's where that passion comes from. It just, like, then it just explodes everywhere, and you just go with it, you know? So, I think that's so cool. one thing, I've heard this. I had a conversation with a friend, like, Never since like I started picking up painting, like I, I can look at things. I'm like, that's how I paint that. Like that's how it exists in my head. Mm-hmm. So how does that tie in with photography or maybe even interior design? Mm-hmm. Do you ever like think like, oh, that's how I would design that room, mm-hmm. or like how does that kind of work in your brain? Like how do you see the world differently? Mm-hmm. I guess is how. I think for photography, a lot of my schooling of composition and just how things relate and have a relationship with their context is like how I go about things. So like when I'm out saying, taking portraits of someone, like, yes, I see them and a lot of photographers sometimes, I think, especially in the beginning, like I even got caught in this of seeing the person you're trying to take a photo of and that's all, like, that's all you see. But I'm like, as soon as you start like picking out other things like around them, just the small things, just the small things or being able to create that or manipulate that and put that into your photos. Like that's where I've gotten my most inspiration from is those photographers that are able to just like move the other things in the picture to create a relationship. Like whether it be literally putting the person in that situation and then moving them around or whatnot. But I think photography, that's where I more like see that composition. I see that eye, but then I think there's like an emotion behind it too, Mm. because especially in nature, um, being able to be in a space and to really just absorb it and understand it and be like the wind's blowing today. And like, it's coming out of this direction to be like, how can I make my photos just speak to that? And how can I make that known in the photo? Like, I think that is where like real art comes from. Yeah. And kind of like how you're saying, like when you paint, like you just see things and you want a lot of art is just how you, how you can make emotions visible and how you can make them into things and instead of just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I see a lot of interior and architecture. Like I'll walk in a space and if I've never been in that space before, oftentimes I just, I'll, I'll be quiet because I think I'm just like, like learning the space. I'm just taking yeah. everything in. I'm mm-hmm. noticing the details. I'm noticing how things could be different and like how the potential of the space is sometimes what I also yeah. often see. Like even this space, I'm like, there, there's so much potential, you know? <laughs> it's a little dry. It it's a little a dry, better, but it could be better. so yeah. cool in here, but it's, it's just not, it's not there out. yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And seeing that potential, I think is really fun. And that's what's like, hmm. makes me all giddy about it. Cause I'm like, yes, we could do things. We could make this better. But then you come to reality of, okay, I got no money <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah, a little expensive. <laughs> a little expensive. But I totally, I, I get that. I understand. I'm glad, like, you understand that, too, mm-hmm. of just being able to take what that creativity is and form it 
and how you view the world. And it's cool to see other perspectives too, because someone that's maybe not a creative mind, they walk into a space, like they're maybe thinking about the temperature in the space or like the, like how, like how productive can I be? Yeah. How I can be productive or where's the living room? Like there's like, just like basic thoughts that for me, I walk into space and like, wow, this could change my life right here. Yeah. (laughs) But everybody else like that's not creative could just be like, yep, this is is where I'm going to sit. And this Mm -hmm. is a room. Yep. Which is so fun to think about like the differences of like left brain, right brain. Do you you have any advice you give to people who you'd say are like almost uncreative or not creative, I guess? I think that everybody's creative. Mm -hmm. I think that some people are better at revealing that and creating that. Um, For example, someone that's really business savvy, let's say, um, they could be super creative with how they present something. You know, that that could be how they find that creativity. It could be their creative outlet. Yeah, that's their creative outlet. so I would say just like being able to understand what that thing is and really being self-aware of what you think that is mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. and to try that. Like people when they say like, oh, I'm not creative, it's like, oh, because I can't draw or like I can't yeah. paint or I can't, yeah, I can't sing. Or, can't sing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, there's so like that's because you're thinking about creativity in, in this like box in this right? box. And I'm like. Creative thinking is just itself. Everybody has creative thinking, but it's how you tunnel it, you know? So I would say, like, the advice would just be to... To find... Find find that... Yeah, find that creative outlet and get excited about it. Because I think think everybody, if they found their creative thing, they get super excited about it. Because essentially that's a strength again, like... Mm if they're super good at presenting and talking to people, that's like a create, that's a creative thing. And so being able to really express that even further, like that's a strength. So that they should naturally get excited about it. Mm-hmm. But I think people like put themselves in a box like, Oh, I'm not creative. I'm just analytical. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But I also <laughs> think on that most people, especially I always hear are like, Oh, I can't draw anything. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you don't, you've never learned. Yeah. You don't know how to do it. Totally. Um, and I, I think all creativity is a learned skill. You can't, I mean, it's a 10,000 hour rule. You get 10,000 hours to do it anything. You're an expert at it. But if you've never drawn before mm-hmm. or practiced the mechanics or sang or any of those things, well, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. you can't make a Picasso painting because you've never drawn before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what a lot of people get stuck on. It's like, oh, I can't do it. It's like, well, it takes, it was actually on uh, David Lee Roth, the leader of Van Halen was saying this. Because he's asking, he's like, how do you write all these famous songs? Um, he's like, well, when you practice playing music for your entire life, like to create a hit song, it takes about 18 minutes, you know, because I practice all my all my life mm-hmm. how to make music, you know, and then that's eventually cool. it just comes out. That's so really I think cool. that's something people miss out. It's like it's so much process. It's mm-hmm. goes into creativity. It is, yeah, it's it's all this. And people just yeah. look at the final result, not the process that comes behind all these artists' work. And it's a lot of action. Like, mm-hmm. words speak, or they always, like, people think, like, oh, I have to talk about it. I have to, to like, let it out in the world. But it's, like, you can talk as much as you want, but mm-hmm. if you're not acting on it or trying it, and that's, like, mm-hmm. the failure thing again, yeah. where it's, like, I think people are f- afraid to fail, which is very natural, you know? It is definitely yeah. super natural. But I, 
I agree. Like if people were to give it a chance or to think about it in a way where maybe you can't fail, like yeah. in look at that perspective of the world, like I, I can't fail. And not meaning that you're never going to, but it's more of if I do, that doesn't mean that it's the end, you know? Yeah. Like I think people think failure is an end point, but it's, I see it as just like, it's just a, it's just a bump in the road, you know? Yeah, it's just a point. It's just Speaking a point, out. yeah. And that could be the point that you need to get to where you're going, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that could change your course or that could give you an insight to something that you needed before. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember I read a quote on failure and it, it said something along the lines of, it's not failure if you learn something from it. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you're getting something out of it that you benefit from and you're totally. just better off after it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. That's well, awesome. Megan, do you have any last things you'd like to bring up? Oh, guys, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I was just really excited to, to try this, you know? I think yeah, it's... We had a ton of fun. I'm glad. I'm glad I could, I I'm glad I could be yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fun to just kind of talk things out sometimes and just have a good conversation and, like... Usually I wouldn't do this every, what day is it? Wednesday night? <laughs> you really yeah. underestimate the power of a face-to-face conversation. Yeah, totally. And just doing something different. And I was excited because I was like, I've never done this before. So let's try it, you know? I don't know. Let's try to your comfort zone. Yeah, I'm coming out of my comfort zone. <laughs> Maybe I'm very comfortable with this. Maybe I should do this all the time. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Get used to it. You know, it's practice. Get yeah. used to so it. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do, do this. Three hosts? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, we could be. I could. I could be your like never have celebrity, like celebrity guest kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just come on every once in a while. I'm like, maybe, hey, maybe if we're not feeling like recording, <laughs> yeah. you just take over. Let's yeah. hop in and be like, all right, let's yeah. let's, let's, Ma- let's Megan's chat. Megan's host this week. If I can do it. No, that's awesome. I appreciate you guys. It was really cool talking to you too. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate thanks. it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and thank you, Megan, for that wonderful conversation. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at Let's Build an Airplane and on Twitter at Build an Airplane. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time on Let's Build an Airplane.